0: Hey guys, it's Kelly here from the Domestic Game Podcast. And before we start today's episode, I just wanted to make a few announcements. So the first of which is that we have recently launched our Buy Me a Coffee uh, account for the domestic games so if you are enjoying the content that we are creating um, either through these episodes or our social content or whatever it is and you want to say thanks or do something in some small way then we would really appreciate the price of a coffee because we're managing a, a fairly significant time difference at the minute and caffeine is our friend so <laughs> that would be greatly appreciated if you're interested in that by the way the information is available on our website or through the links on our social media accounts. Um, however, if you're enjoying content and you don't really want to get us uh coffee for your own reasons or, you know, whatever they be, that is no problem either. The main thing for us is that you are always enjoying our content. Um, that's what we strive for. So don't worry. We're always going to try and deliver that tea so the second part of the announcement then is that we might have to start breaking our episodes into episode one and episode two that just gives us a bit more space on our website yeah so if you are listening to this episode and you see part one don't panic um just listen to it and then move straight on into part two it'll all be there and uh yeah that's it for me so without further ado We'll start the episode. The views and opinions expressed as part of this podcast in no way represent those held by American Football Ireland. As always, guys, this is just a bit of crack, so please, no giving out.
1: Ready to go, boys. Let's go.
2: Hello and welcome to the Massive Game Podcast where we bring you really to the contextual stories of all things American football here in Ireland. Where your hosts, David Meyer, not Rob Caldwell. And I'm Robbie Caldwell. Let's get started.
1: Erma Gerd, Rebels UCD.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, it's going to be very tough not to start with that one. And, you know, it's one of those that we were kind of hyped up going into this game. And it's a relief, it's a joy to behold that we were not disappointed. Like, that game did not disappoint anybody. Like, what an exciting game.
2: It was one of those games where I really did wish that I had got the opportunity to go to it. and wasn't just watching... 30 second clips on uh, Ty Henry's Instagram or the Rebels' Instagram reels afterwards. Um, I think it would have been a lot nicer to be there in person. But like I said in the previous episode, 18 holes around Sleeve Russell Hotel called me and I answered. So I think uh, from this, possibly Joe or Kelly, I know Kelly, you're in Singapore at the minute, but if one of you want to take the take point on this, I'm happy to let you roll with it.
0: Rob you and me both like oh my goodness did I wish I was there uh, Joe did you get to it
1: I couldn't get to it we um <laughs> so uh we had changed selfish defensive coordinator uh, Mr Patrick Lally decided to get married the day before the selfish oh. prick
0: it's like you know Paddy Lally has been involved in the sport for a year on year on year he's involved since before I was which is you know what is it now like over over 10 years it's like as if he didn't even consider football when he met his his marriage plans what's that about
1: i know i know well the the marriage and everything was uh the night before so we said our coaches said listen lads to let everybody recover from the couple drinks we're gonna have training in the afternoon and i thought originally i was like oh yeah that makes sense get everybody recovered and we're all there to train it and then i thought oh, shite, Rebels E C D is on in Dublin (laughs) at the same time. Oh, man, I was so disappointed not to get to this game. But, like, I mean, you just look at everything that happened, and it's mad.
0: I
2: I genuinely can't believe that the three hosts of the biggest domestic game (laughs) podcast in Europe (laughs) did not make it to the biggest game of the season. Like, honestly, like you'd swear that we weren't getting paid to do this thing.
0: Yeah, you'd swear. You'd swear we had no budget to do this. Like I swear it was all off our own backs. Like you'd swear. Anyway, <laughs>
2: let's let's go and let's let's roll with the, the word of mouth and and all those those lovely, lovely Instagram reels that we've we've been seeing over the past week. Yes. Um, I think I think from what we've we've heard and from like the people around the league that we were talking to, the game, the the, the final few minutes were edge of the seat kind of action.
0: Oh, yeah, I think there's been a few heart attacks as a direct result of the last few minutes of that game. So, I mean, my understanding of the game is that the Rebels were well in control of that game um, to start. UCD making a comeback then in the in the fourth quarter, in the second half, and getting to a point where they were actually ahead into the two minute warning and one final drive then from the rebels uh clinched clinched the win unbelievable one of the things that i want to focus on is actually the balance between those two teams and i think that that was reflected in the team of the week like guys can you imagine me there with these stats coming in and trying to run the numbers for each position and i mean you have QBs that have thrown for a certain amount, rushed in a certain amount. You have wide receivers on the same record. You have one fella on one defence who's after getting something like two like two sacks of an interception. Another fella that's after getting a safety. Shout out to Larry Doyle for that for that safety. Like trying to actually generate a team of the week from that game was so difficult because they were so evenly balanced both sides of the ball, which is just phenomenal. I I haven't seen a game come in like it. It it was unbelievable some absolute class performance first one like aaron mooney i mean like two two passing touchdowns one to keen lawler the other to sean douglas two names that we're seeing on the stats sheets again and again and again russian touchdowns then one from himself aaron mooney i don't know if that's one of his first russian touchdowns of the season he's not a a big rusher, Joe. Do you know anything on
1: that? Now, yeah, so that is his first uh, first Russian touchdown of the year. Yeah, that that I'm the exact same when I saw his name pop up on the statue. I thought, geez, there must be a mistake here. But no, I mean, look, you get the scores any way you can. If you're running them in or you're throwing them, it doesn't matter to the team at the end of the day. If you can use your body to to get six points on the board, you know that <laughs> you're not going to yeah. turn it down. Like, no.
0: Yeah, well, he followed up the Russian touchdown then with a two-point conversion, ran that in himself. Jack Finnegan as well also added a Russian touchdown on the ground, and Sean McVie, the other um, running back there in the in the UCD backfield also with a two-point rush. So, I mean, so so spread out from UCD that they really kind of utilised many of their weapons on on offence. And then on the other side, like we have Ty Henry, his two pass and touchdowns, um, one to Kyle Keane and then a second one to Dave King, the man of a thousand nicknames, whether you know him as Sunshine or you know him as Debo or you know him as just the kid. That final grab from him in double coverage I think we'll go down. Yeah. Yeah. Phenomenal like and for a young player to step up at that point, you know, it's like that phrase. It's like, you know, big time players make big time plays and big time games like and I had a sense of that about him. Other touchdowns then we had like Ty Henry also rushed in one himself. Well, another like well known name. And then Dave King again rushing in one phenomenal show from from both teams. And it's a game that will surely be one, one for the ages.
2: Now, do we think that the, uh, the UCD <clears throat> coordinators might be kicking themselves a little bit? Because from what I've heard is that after taking, uh, taking the yeah. lead late on in the game, with in and around two minutes or so to go, instead of just kicking the ball deep, going for a squid kick down the middle, which unfortunately ended up bouncing straight into one of the Rebels' hands, Given the Rebels a hell of a lot better field position than they would have if they were taking it from the back of the end zone.
0: I actually don't think that they will be kicking themselves over that call. Like I think that's a gutsy call. And, you know, it's something that we said on the last episode where we previewed that game where we kind of said we predicted this game to be a close game because we didn't feel like either team had the mentality to get beaten by a large amount of points, and I think we saw that mentality, particularly with UCD, where they were down, um, I think it, I'm, for some reason it feels like it was like 24 to like one touchdown or something like that, um, but it was quite a significant gap. And at no point were they feeling like they were going to lose this game. They were always feeling like they're going to claw this back. And they did do that. You know, a lot of other teams would have dropped the heads at that stage and would have accepted the defeat and kind of looked towards like the next game or looked towards, you know, the final whistle. So UCD never lost that faith. And to go for that onside kick at that point is a gutsy move. It's a big move. You know, and they were really like they were just playing the whole game the entire time to win that game. And that's what they had in mind. If they were after doing it in, let's say, a bigger game. So the other thing to remember is this is only this is still only a regular game and it wasn't a must win for either team. So it is the time to make plays like that and to make gutsy calls like that. If you're in a bowl, do you play it a bit differently? To be honest, probably you probably do try to make that as difficult as possible for Ty Henry
1: i i know it's a case of oh well if it's a ball game you do it differently but this was a game that realistically decided who was number one and who was number two and as a result of that you're deciding who gets again theoretically the easier playoff game playing your way into that shamrock ball is what you want to do at the end of the day and i think squib kicking it with a minute and a half left in the game that you've only just taken the lead in I know, I, th- I think it was 28-6 at halftime. So honestly, again, I know we've said it already, but fair play to UCD for getting back into the game at all. But And your defense didn't give up a single touchdown pretty much the whole of the second half. But I don't care how much you trust your defense, you kick that ball as far as possible. Because at the end of the day, that Rebels offense can win a game. And we saw it there. Only having to march, was it 40 yards or something like that? Yeah. Like, if you kick them back, even if it's an extra 20 yards... Or twenty five yards from an actual, like a proper kick, like that changes play calling so much. That makes things easier on you. I, 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 I didn't understand it when I, when I, when I heard what had happened, and I saw that they tried squid kicking it just down the middle. I thought that's that's the play that. I just think maybe they were they were trying to be too cute.
0: But it's one of those. Do you not think there's something to be said for trying to keep the ball out? Of Ty henry's hand and do you you know what i'm trying to say with that like you know with with two minutes on the clock and are you not doing everything that you can to keep the ball
1: out it
0: wasn't
2: wasn't as even that they they went for the onside like they like it went further than you'd be aiming for an onside so they weren't even in the position to challenge for the onside kick it was more of a an issue of kick it low kick it that's just bobbling and try and get the distance on it in order to try and eat up the clock, as opposed to getting back the possession of the ball, I wouldn't be trying to eat up the clock with a minute and a half to go against this Rebels team. If anything, I would be hitting it long, not moon, and try to put it out the back of the end zone. Try and drop it like to the to, to the one yard line, something like that. If you if you have a good enough kicker, and just try and pin them back, and just don't give give them the space. Just as long, just try and keep. Any passes or any catches that are made make the tackles in play that kind of way. I would prefer to go up against the likes of the Rebels on a longer pitch than a shorter pitch.
0: <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's after that's after getting
2: people, me people laugh that. at people laugh at my analogies <laughs> and how I like present things but they also understand it's like what i'm saying is true the, these are facts these are like these are the way people are thinking it's just i have such such a way with words quite the the words <laughs> <The wordsmith>. that <laughs> i managed to portray it in such a poetic manner that it yeah. just it just captures your
1: imagination
0: well what i you're like you're like shakespeare
1: reaction. you don't make sense until you do until you do make sense And then it's
0: universal. What I enjoy about it is how how deep, especially because we can see it on video, how deep in your mind palace you go (laughs) right to come out with like a very simple concept. And that's the truth. That's when you arrive to the world with the truth. So, yeah, uh, I, you know, with that in depth, deep mind palace analogy. I think we can all agree, I think everybody listening to this can agree that they would prefer to face the the Rebels' offence on a long pitch as opposed to a short pitch. <laughs> so anyway, then, the final thing that I wanted to say is that, you know, with, with UCD, if they're coming away and, right, OK, if we're kind of pinning this um, loss, let's say, uh ultimately down to kind of that one kick play that's an easy fix coming into the next time that they meet because you know we we are kind of at this point predicting that these two teams will meet again that's likely to be in a bowl but we have a winning team and we have a losing team from this game but neither team will be down confidence from this game. I feel like both teams have inspired an awful lot of confidence that they are a bowl winning level team coming out of this and that's really important and that's that phenomena that we've kind of touched on before of like game loss resilience when you can lose a game and still feel like you can win your season, you can win a bowl, you you can beat this team the next time you meet and that's what I feel like both the Rebels and both UCD have done is that both of them are coming out of this game feeling like they can win the next time that they meet each other.
1: Yeah, you brought it up with the defence and how they fought back and I think that's the main ta- The main takeaway for me is that, is that the Rebels scored, yeah, it would have been six points in the second half. Yeah, That shows me that UCD are well able to make adjustments against one of the top teams in Ireland and they aren't afraid to go out and and make some plays on defense i know you were saying that you 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 try things out on on special teams or you know in a regular season game as opposed to a, um, a bowl game and i suppose how they lost the game is more important than the fact they lost the game again like you said it doesn't really matter but that that second half performance showed me that listen they they can go up against the best and react on the fly and not get not get overwhelmed with what they've been shown in the first half, and I yeah. think that'll show that'll help them against uh, the Admirals this weekend.
0: July 2nd. later
1: in the year? July second,
0: July second, yeah. Um, yeah, UCD at Admirals. So I mean that, yeah, that could be that could be an interesting matchup because the Admirals, the Admirals for me are the, are this dark horse coming in. Um, into this you know kind of playoff picture I'll be surprised if they don't I mean they're all but in the playoffs I feel like you know they still have a few games they need to win but they're looking pretty good for that I mean their defense is so strong to this to this day I think the Admirals have held UCD and held the Rebels to their lowest point scored in a game and then their offense has has clicked it's working again and I almost feel like they're they're nearly trying to prove a point because you know you had the offense Stephen Hayes and his wide receivers that hadn't scored anything um until game three and now we're seeing like just from the past the past weekend on the 18th of June the Admirals beating the Rhinos at 44-0 and Stephen Hayes scoring five touchdowns for himself five pass and touchdowns in that game so I nearly feel like they're they're trying to make the point that they are a legitimate offense and they are a legitimate passing offense as well when you know they'd all been but kind of been written off by game three
2: we're just jumping onto the, the Admirals there and like what they're doing. As we have said many times before, two years without seeing them, they really have sort of made a comeback now after those initial two losses. There's there's no denying that they are they're playoff bound at this stage. From like the rest of the, the rest of the league, we can kind of nearly we've already got our top three who are going through. It's just that that final fourth position place, you know, where where is that going to be going to? That Admirals-Rhinos game there that's just past us, like 44 points to nothing is... And that's after uh, a trek up to Castle Knock. Well, I suppose two and a half hours of a drive. It's not that bad. Like They they really have started to just sort of put the foot down and show a bit bit of dominance. Playoffs, yes. But I do believe that at that stage, it's going to be a one-and-done kind of a, a, an outing for them.
0: Ooh. Mm really now you see i would i would i would wonder about that that for me whatever, whoever they meet in the playoffs would be an interesting one because first off notable return for cork admirals is jan desceni who has been a well known wide receiver for them he was on the the under 20s uh, Wolfhound's team he's also on the seniors Wolfhound team now and he um, was playing in the last game and you can see him again on, on the stats sheet he had a punt return for TD and he also had a, a receiving touchdown he's a well known a well known character and one of their biggest offences or biggest uh, weapons there so him being back in that offence could be a big difference the other person that I think is really going off this season for Cork is Jack Cronin there at the tight end position he was already featured once in our team of the week my thing is and the reason why I find the Admiral so interesting is because their defence is so solid they can keep high scoring teams to about 20 points do you not think that that offence is capable of getting 20 or 20 plus points on any team now that things have started to flow there
2: I do yeah I do think that's a possibility of getting it but you look at the, the two teams like the the playoffs are going to be first versus fourth and second versus third so you're going to be coming up against either the rebels or ucd depending on where you finish we've already said that Aaron mooney has been an absolute beast for ucd like going into the weekend he had something like 20 plus touchdowns you know if we're even to check sort of the, the wee betting stats that we joked around with He surpassed all expectations with his yardage, Uh, his touchdown scored. If we were to go then to, if they were to play the Rebels, what Ty Henry is doing, what uh, Sunshine 20, Wello, like the list of names goes on, Conrad Cook. As much as we love the, the underdog story and as much as we kind of like are now trying to romanticize, oh, the great core comeback, there is no... Stopping the powerhouses that are coming out of Dublin this year. I would be the first one to like back nearly any team outside of the the southern capital. But in this situation, like prove me wrong, prove me wrong. it's It's what I say whenever I like go in hard on a team, it's like prove me wrong. but in this case, until I see he is throwing up five Tds against the rebels or shutting out UCD to you know, no score. you just got to go with what the facts of the season have been so far. Yes, massive improvements from Cork. Yes, they've got some of their uh, past great players back with them. But the trajectory that the other teams is on is at such such a greater incline. Mm. And it has been at a continuous incline from the beginning of the season. So the top two have already retired to other teams at this stage cannot ascertain and cannot achieve. And as much as we'd love to see Cork in a Shamrock Bowl, taking it home back to Cork, it's it's not going to happen. I can't see it happening. You know, prove me wrong, Cork. If, if you can do it, do it. More power to you. Is. But to be honest, at this stage, like this late into the season, I haven't seen enough that will change my mind on
0: this something that you touched on before joe where you said like the the strength of schedule that the admirals have faced kind of since those two losses hasn't been as as high as what um the previous two games were so that that kind of has to be taken into account
1: a little bit yeah i mean at the same time when they've been putting that many points up like we again first two games we thought oh Jesus, maybe this admiral's offense and all that I think I personally said Stephen Hayes, what's going on? But like they've scored at least 20 points in every game they've played since then. Again, I know you said strength of schedule comes into account, but I uh, I don't know. It, right, right. So the thing is, right, I think I think Cork could beat UCD in Cork. I think I think they could. I'm not saying they will. I'm not predicting that just yet. And if they win by 20 or more points, they would also get the second seed, which means yeah. that they would be hosting UCD in the playoffs at home. Yeah. There's a, there's a way for them to get in, and I'm not ruling it out. I'm not ruling Cork out of that until it's mathematically impossible for them. Because I think they are a team that could do it, because they've done it before. They've gone eight and no. They've won the national championship when they weren't supposed to. So I'm gonna be on the other side of Robbie and I'm gonna say, why not Cork at this stage? Why not?
0: I'm I'm sharing that view. Um, I have to say I'm I'm a no nowhere near ready to write Cork off at this point. And um, I do think that you've hit the nail on the head in that this UCD at Cork Admirals game is vitally important for how this playoff picture looks because exactly that it's really going to come down to the offense. trust the court defense to hold ucd to about 20 points which is still a fine score for ucd to get it's a fine score for any offense to get so it's really going to come down to the admiral's office can you score more than 20 points that's what the the admirals have to be going into this with it's like can you score more than 20 points what is it that they need to, so they need to beat UCD by 20 points, is it oh, to gain the advantage over the head, with the head to head?
1: They need to, they need to win the game by 20 or more points.
0: By 20 or more points, yeah. yeah. So, so it, it, know, it's,
1: it's a difficult task, I'll say that. It, the, the score line you'd probably be looking for is around 34, 14. You're expecting yeah. UCD to score, like, I mean, you're looking for 30 points.
0: Yeah, I think it's a it's a big ask coming from the admirals. Yeah, that's not to say is. that they won't do it. UCD will be fully aware of what's at stake, as will the admirals, and this will be another another highly contested game. I have I have every every faith in that, so that's going to be an interesting one coming into the July second weekend. So uh,
1: let's let's kick back a weekend. Let's, yeah, uh, let's let's not go July second, July third. Let's bring it into next week's games. Actually, hold on. I mean, yeah, for for the Premier Division. For the Premier Division.
0: Well, I mean we no, we, we still have, have games passed that we can that we can cover. Yeah, so like let's not
2: let's not gloss over that Jets Giants game. Whoa.
1: <laughs> In, enthralling stuff.
0: Here oh. such because in, like to the jets in fairness they're spreaded out across their offense like Scott McLean is now uh, not involved in every single touchdown that mm. the jets have have scored and in fairness that that stat had been broken a while ago but it was still only just so um in fairness we did see Scott McLean get two touchdowns one rushing one pass and Joey Howe and then Thomas Atkinson Joey Howe and Declan Curran also all rushing one in ryan beckett had an absolute monster day there for the giants defense and then for the jets on the other side it's not that they lied down by any means at all um ross mckenzie had i think it was like something like three blocked kicks which is friggin' phenomenal and uh, some other stats there on defense and then the other player that comes up a lot is this francis discausa who I don't know personally, but he comes up on their stats sheet a good bit from the Giants. So unfortunately, that's playoff hopes for the Giants gone and well and truly earned by the Jets. And that's all that I wanted to do to cover that. And <laughs> we can move on to the next one then, if you're happy to move on to that one. But what about the the Panthers at Trojans game then on, on the 18th of, of June, which finished Panthers 20, Trojans 23? 33. 33, sorry, yeah. Um, trying to discredit them. I was, to actually, yeah. do that yeah. to the big T. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. I will say that it is much easier to cover games when teams submit their stats. Um, not looking at any cat-themed teams in particular, but um, <laughs> no feline-themed teams, but it is much easier to, yeah, to oh, cover oh, games when we have, um, or horned animals, when we have received stats, so um, that just means that we're naturally at a point where we have to look at the Trojans, and the Trojans, I think it's true to form, that them at home in Derrimore Park is a, is a different beast altogether. From what I could see in the Panthers, Big Ben was back. I know Ray Burke was back, and I think he had a touchdown for himself as well. Um unfortunately for them, Sean Goldrick is out. He's after breaking his thumb. So that's a huge deep threat missing from the Panthers offense. Even having two of their star players back from injury wasn't really enough to get it done for the Trojans who are just in flying form at home at the minute. Their next game, July second, is against the Knights. That is one that maybe will have A bit of competition about it given the history of those two teams but as the as the trojans start to move away from home do you think that they can keep this the the winning ways going
2: well like not to be disrespectful or anything but i'm pretty sure we can all be in agreement that over the past few seasons that the the knights pitch has nearly been like a home game for the trojans (laughs)
0: <laughs> it was so needless. Like, there was just so many things you could have said instead of that. <laughs> but no, go on, explain. What do you mean?
2: Well, like Big T gets the Ws. Big T gets the O-line. Big T comes away with a suntan.
0: That's true enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True enough. But do you not think that that's going to add the, to the level of competition that is going to be seen uh, at this game from July 2nd I mean the thing with the Knights is I think the Knights have a fantastic attitude even though they don't have any wins yet they're still getting stronger it seems you know their their losses are getting better they're coming up against the Trojans I mean it's going to be at Durham that's going to be a difficult shout and there's a lot of competition there a lot of history there do you not think that the Knights will rise to that occasion though
2: yeah like I know I'm just here like trying to stoke fires and stuff but I think that we started off with Big T losing, then losing again, then losing again. And when they started climbing out of the giant helmet, things took a turn for the better for them. There hasn't been any sort of turning point. I know you're saying like the losses are getting better, but when, like, when is losing better a thing? Both teams had started with a similar record at a certain point there was a great pivot from the trojans in where they actually started getting wins getting wins where you had to the knights haven't done that yet they haven't they they haven't put any wins on the board as much as i like like we done so much rhino bashing over the season you know we completely forgot about the cowboys like the Admirals were nearly rallied out of it by us at the start of the season. And look what's happened them. Whereas the Knights are bottom. They were bottom last week, the bottom of the week before. There's no change. like They're not getting out of this bottom place. Winning is a habit, and so is losing. So until they actually turn this around and get a win on the board... I, I can't say that like you can lose better. It's just something that like I, I don't know if anyone will ever walk away from a game and be like, oh, well, we've done really well You know, losing that game. It's like you have to win. You have to win. There comes a point in the season where it can't be acceptable to have just put in a good performance but have lost. You have to get the wins. And uh, at this point of the year, it's like... They're clearly facing being relegated again for a second consecutive season. Things need okay. to, things need to change, and like I think like, I love the Knights, and there's so many people in that club and that organisation, and they've got such a long history. We just want to see, we want to see like something happen, and but until something does happen, put in a shock, beat beat your noisy neighbours across the city beat them in their home on their home park beat them up in derrymore and you know then we can start talking but until then there, there's nothing really with the knights to talk about unfortunately
0: okay. i feel like i'm coming
2: across really harsh in this episode usually i'm the one who's like giving you like silly stories about you know what's going on in my life and everything's all happy people would be like god what's wrong with rob today is he okay
1: does someone need to talk to him
0: this is the turning point yeah this is this is where we're seeing playoff rob like
1: (laughs) buy buy us a coffee but not rob
0: yeah (laughs) like two coffees bought for everyone except for rob yeah 'Cause he was mean. Like love from the knights. <laughs> <laughs> and the admirals. <laughs> and the rhinos.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially the rhinos. Jesus Christ. Um Yeah, I, I, he, yeah, I mean like at the end of the day, he's right. That's the thing. Like the the winds need to come from somewhere. Like they've put in good performances. Uh, like uh, it's hard. Like uh, 21 points on offense against the Admirals and they have another 20 point performance on offense another day but they gave up 41 points like like you yeah. need to get that balance and you only have two games left in the season and the problem I think for the Knights now is they half the team will go into this thinking we need to beat the Trojans because they are our intercity rivals and we've hated them for years and they've hated us for years and we really need to win this, to get some pride back. And the other half of the team will be thinking, we don't need to win this game against the Trojans because the only game that matters now is against the Rhinos at the end of the season. Yeah. And that little that bit of miscommunication, I think, even though I just said it doesn't really matter, could actually cause some friction on the sideline against the Trojans. Yeah. Which will then feed into the the Rhinos game, I think. Team needs to come together and decide which is more important. And I hope for the sake of the Knights that they don't go one, they go all out and they get half their squad injured again for a really important game against the Rhinos. Yeah. I would nearly rather them say, listen, if we're not being competitive by halftime, we. Don't completely wreck our bodies for what is, in essence, a bit of a foregone conclusion, anyway, if I'm yeah. reading the room correctly. Yeah. Because if they, if they win this game, they're tied with the Rhinos and they'll actually go ahead of the Rhinos in point difference. But then if the Rhinos beat them, that's it. They're relegated.
0: Yeah. So that it doesn't Rhinos matter game what is a must win for them. Do you know if the Rhinos do beat the Knights in this game, fair friggin' play to them, To that kind of way, like if the Rhinos beat the Knights then that will be an upset that you would not have called at the start of the season and I just think fair play to them, it's so easy to Rhino bash these days but you, if they do that Robbie you have to apologise. <laughs>
2: I stand by everything I say on this podcast.
0: You will have to, you will have to issue an official apology on headed paper to the rhinos. If the rhinos beat the ninth, you you will have to do that. That's, I think that's fair.
2: Well, no, like, 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 honestly, like the way things have been going, I would not. Like, I would not say that that is beyond the reams of possibility
0: no i wouldn't. i wouldn't
1: either what about you joe oh no i'm i'm i mean i'd be back in the knights in that game
0: yeah
1: not back oh, I... on the rhinos i just think that the knights are uh, i think the knights are a better team the losses are losses regardless of how you lose them but they have been putting in better performances than the rhinos. the rhinos have been shut out is it four times or three times this season Mm, I'm in the think. middle uh, little insider bit here now lads I'm in the middle of doing weekly review and I did get some stats up for it's like they've averaged 5.71 points a game and they've conceded 33 points something 33.71 or something like that per game
0: mm.
1: like they're averaging a, a 33 or thirty five five loss like that's just it's not how you would bounce back against the team who's actually been putting in some per- decent performances on offense I don't know how they come out of that game and it's in Belfast as well the Knights have that advantage too I would definitely favor the Knights scrapping and barely surviving
0: yeah yeah I'd be Aaron on that on that side as well, in fairness, now we've gotten a wee bit ahead of ourselves, so we have, because yeah. <laughs> we, just, we just went where the excitement was. So just to bring it back then, I think the final game that we haven't covered is the the Minotaurs and um the Crusaders. So the Crusader, Crusaders at Minotaurs, um, obviously the Trinity at Vikings was a forfeit. Uh, I know he had a wee bit that he wanted to say on that. For me, I don't really want to go too hard on teams that are forfeiting. I think for the year that's in it, it is what it is. You know, we're coming out of a two-year a two year break from football. And I could see Rob stretching there ready to go. We're coming out of it. So before you start, we're coming out of a, of a two-year break from football. It was a big ask for a lot of teams to play, participate and finish the season. The floor
2: is well, I'm just looking at my head here. I'm looking at myself on the uh, on the screen, and I look like Pennywise with my massive forehead, and I'm just like thinking all sorts of evil here right now. But this is a family <laughs> show, so we'll be nice.
0: <laughs> It's actually not a family show. I had to change the the settings to explicit once Joe joined because he loves cursing. Loves cursing. <laughs> so he doesn't, he doesn't
1: You're me. welcome, guys. Fuck
0: that and all this. Can't can't keep him under control with the curses, so we can't.
1: The monetization <laughs> it's gone. <We're... laughs>
0: sponsors. We no. lost our sponsors. <laughs>
2: right we we i'm not going to say like we foretold of this happening but we i think sort of aired our concerns going into this game going into this week and we aired these concerns from the start of the season at this rate correct me if i'm wrong but Trinity have now forfeited their final few games of the past three seasons that they've competed in.
0: Yeah, and that's where it gets, you know, it's a bit tricky because... It's like that. It is. It is a bit of a pattern for Trinity at this stage. You know, the people that I feel a bit bad for are the likes of like uh, Rory O'Dwyer, who puts in a phenomenal amount of work for Trinity. Like, um, even you know, even the standout players. We don't even need to go through them. Like, there, are, there are many um, standout players for Trinity, and it's those are the ones that you just feel a bit bad for because. It's not like as if an entire team has said, oh, we're just not going to finish the season. There are a few individuals that are really trying to keep that show on the road, you know, and um not it's just the way the, the cookie crumbles for Trinity, it appears, over the last three years, three competitive years.
2: Like, I know, like, they have some, like, very good players and those players are all sort of, like, they're all Trinity students or former Trinity students. But... The way things have been going, if I were the likes of the O'Dwyer's or Ben Dowling or the couple of other guys that we like constantly mention throughout the show, I would be sitting there asking myself, What is this for? Why are we doing this to like not have football? Like, there are players who should be competing at the top level at a continuous season even on some of the Shamrock Bowl teams or even on teams pushing for Shamrock Bowl playoffs, as opposed to not finishing a Division One season? Like, is it worth their time going forward to, like, continue on this Trinity train? Or should they be looking, well, the Rebels are only down the road. We have UCD there, you know. I know they're a rival college, but, like, what's that when it comes to football? Pirates as well. The, well, Pirates are another team that have like like we're trying to get them on teams that don't end their season early. So Pirates
0: haven't technically ended their season; they've just forfeited a few.
2: If you forfeit more than two games, your seasons your seasons toast. Like yeah, realistically, that's true. yeah, I'll give you that one. I think these guys for for their football, even f- like for the enjoyment of the game, they need to just like say goodbye to this thing that is football finishes in June for Trinity kind of, I, I, I don't want to curse because <laughs> I, I don't think I've cursed so far in 23 episodes. I do enough at work. <laughs> but this thing that happens every year, like it's not, fa- it's not fair on the players. It's not fair on the other teams. Like, no, you're you're promised what what how many games? is that division one now. That division one has had two teams pull out of it. Yeah. All all. So the four remaining teams all make it to a playoffs.
0: Well, like, this is exactly
2: that's that's ball. Like like yeah. like. No offense, but you shouldn't make it to a playoff just because you're the only team there.
0: Yeah,
2: well... I'll tell, 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 tell you what it reminds me of. Community games under... I'm going to say it was under sixes.
1: <laughs> Where everyone no. Surely not. Okay. I,
2: have, I, I have a bronze medal for the 100 metres. Do you know how many people were in that race? Two. There was three of us. Oh, the two <laughs> would have been even better. Two <laughs>
0: Imagine getting a bronze medal in a two-person <laughs> race. <laughs> it's like, oh well, there was two, but but, uh, but they gave me the bronze. Just said, look, I just hadn't quite made it to silver. Like
1: <laughs> you were that far behind. You just got a DNF on it, like. <laughs> D- <laughs>
0: Over a hundred meters, I couldn't do it. Let's good.
1: But that reminds you of your community games under six, okay? It it does, it does. It giving medals out
2: just for participating. Yeah, it's like that's what kind of society is
0: that? Yeah, well, this is exactly what do I. You was what to ask do you know what they should do?
2: Do you know what you should do? Keep keep playing the season. Move the three top teams from Division Two. Let's have a fucking oh there i cursed i cursed yeah ah, there
0: we go you got god you, got god.
1: you did the, the thing problem. you did the thing
0: part of the problem <laughs> Boo,
1: straight, i was
2: yelling words. straight knockout let's just go for it. pull names out of a hat you know send uh, mavericks down to the crusaders send minotaurs up to new forge let's just go to war for the top two yeah. for the top remaining teams in it stop this obviously Joke that is, two leagues with half the teams in each league pulling out of it, and everyone making to the
0: playoffs. (laughs) Someone needs to get him a Snickers. He's not himself. You can do that by donating to us
2: on our website. The The time dynamic of this episode. Everyone who's who's out there listening. So, throughout this episode, you can clearly see that it's it's midnight now here in Ireland myself and Joe get like gradually more tired looking and I get a lot more Aggie. Whereas Kelly starts off quite tired looking and Aggie and then like starts picking up and perking up and gets all chirpy. Yeah. So that's,
0: that's true because it's, it's it starts at half five and then we're at, red seven now. But yeah, uh, so we've launched a new campaign by Robbie a sneakers.com <laughs> because he's not himself when teams forfeit the season. <laughs> We'd really appreciate it if everybody could buy Rob a Snickers. So, Joe, as, as the team, or as the person here that's kind of most affected by this forfeit, you know, what is the, what is the feeling in the Minotaur's camp about it?
2: If I really not, to, not to speak. If I speak, I am in, in big trouble. <laughs>
0: Don't love, to speak. love it okay so let's leave it there and move on then to the crusaders at minotaurs so joe a fairly significant win for you a fairly convincing win for you what went right what went wrong how are you feeling coming out of it
1: i mean it's a 34 7 win at the end of the day you're always going to feel pretty good coming out of it still some things we need to work on you know we still i think we can we kind of felt ourselves that you know it was a good day but it wasn't a fantastic performance by any means. Obviously, a lot of people popped up on the on the, the stat sheet. Jack Lynch, Croon scoring, receiving touchdowns from myself. Myself and Andrew Patton uh, punched in a touchdown on the ground. I think we totaled like six interceptions.
0: Yeah, Peter um, Dempsey.
1: P- Peter Dempsey, do be that guy. He
0: um, does be that guy.
1: He he does be. Um, I think he's got like seven, six or seven on the year now.
0: Yeah, I remember um, um going to your friendly game against the Crusaders in, in the in last year, let's say, and Peter Dempsey and who was the other fella, there was another cornerback that was there. And he the two of them were absolutely phenomenal. So they were and I remember chatting to Patty Lally after the fella who just got married, that fella. Um and he's he's blacklisted across AFI now for that. But he was so he was so funny. He was so entertaining. He was so relieved. He's like, oh, I'm just glad we finally have cornerbacks in the middle of doors. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I mean that has really stood true to form. Like Peter Dempsey just uh, had an absolute day for himself against against the Crusaders, and fair play to him, he deserves it.
1: He was right, Paddy, when he said that. Like we we've gone a long time without proper genuine talent. That we could always rely on uh, in our defensive backfield, and I think with us over the last maybe three years, three four years, pushing and knocking on that Premier Division door, and not quite being able to kick it down just yet, but we're we're certainly getting there. July thirty first. I think now with with uh, with Peter and with Jordan Lacey. And, that was um, the other one yeah jordan yeah Casey. yeah yeah and uh niall follen coming through jason owens uh who's playing uh with an mcl injury at the moment he returned a pick six like <laughs> on a fucking torn pcl or a torn mcl like he's doing crazy stuff and we've got again those are just four guys we've got really good depth at corner now and i think we're Especially in that department, anyway. I think Paddy, Paddy, when he said that back in September, he felt like, okay, here we go. Here's here's a defense now that we think could hold their own in the Premier Division. And I think when whenever you get six interceptions on defense, you know, I think it just says a lot about the talent that you have out there to go and snipe those balls out of the air. Whether. Doesn't you know, again at the end of the day it doesn't matter if they're thrown if they're great balls thrown or if they're they're ducks. At the end of the day, if you catch them, you catch them and you turn the ball over, like you know. So I think especially on defense, that that game there Sunday was fantastic. You know, we gave up a score early, but I think literally from maybe five minutes into the first quarter, they scored and then we kept them out the rest of the game. Like that's that's the sort of tenacity that you want, just constantly swarming lads, you know.
0: Absolutely, Um, absolutely. The other thing that I want to say is, you know what, credit to the kickers across AFI, because at the start of the season, we weren't seeing many of them. You know, Gary Mellie, for me, is an elite kicker there in in Derry. You have Ryan Brawley with the Trojans that's doing great, Dan Versue with UCD, and Jay Bruton of the Westmeath Minotaurs, who is kicking up an absolute storm. You know what, kicking an American football off the ground, plays kicking is an absolute god given right. If you you are born with the ability to do it or not do it, there is no training for kicking. You can either do it or you can't. It's an intelligence, it's a god given right and by God does G Bruton have it.
1: He does. And that's the thing. It's it's um it, it's something that you know we we kind of always we, we'd seen bits of, but like this season, I don't like I think I think he may have actually only missed one kick and The rest of his what would go down as misses have been blocks or you know errant snaps.
0: Like I think he's only
1: actually missed one. And when you go through and again again, we've only been talking about shortened season and teams forfeiting. But you know through through four games played, I'm having to isn't it bad that I have to count and I have to count to account for forfeits here, isn't it?
0: Um, especially vipers. when you're when you're trying to block them out.
1: <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ, I know vipers, vipers. Yeah, Vikings and Crusaders. Yeah, so through four games, only missing one kick, and I think scoring. Oh gosh, what would it be? Yeah, he, twenty he, he or so forward. points, maybe twenty-five yeah, points. Yeah, yeah. Like he's um, it's been it's been something we're really excited about, and you know we're we're comfortable now. If we need to kick a field goal. And we're 25 yards out, 30 yards out, we'd be willing to give Jay a go now. Like, it's not a. We're, we're confident now. Yeah.
0: As ye okay. should be. Rob, you had a story from that you wanted to to enlighten us with.
2: I'm not telling you now. You're not
0: telling us now. has <laughs> <He's laughs> gone on strike. The talent has gone on strike. Joe, what do we do?
2: <laughs> okay, here, yeah, right. Oh. Okay, I will. I will tell you. I will. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> if it just stops Mr. Kennedy talking, I'll talk. Okay, so I actually had quite the, the honor or the pleasure of refereeing at that game. So I was in at umpire, which was, you know, it's a fine position to play. I like it. I'm in the middle of the action. You're not having to interact with sidelines. You're just there with everyone who's, who's down to play the sport, who's engaged in the action. I wasn't the only podcaster on the pitch that day. There were three others that I know of. Yeah, I can see Joe's wondering who's the other two.
0: Who were the other two? I'm gonna bite.
2: It was Kinger and Nally from Crafty Crew podcast.
0: Yes, oh, there, there you go. I love the way you yes. did say it was one of them was Joe came in. Like, <laughs>
2: <laughs> it was great to be back, back in and among the action, and actually like seeing how, how both teams operated. You know. Like Joe alluded to early on, at the beginning of the game, things were quite cagey. You know, Minotaur scored. Then the uh, the Crusaders came right back at them, got another score. Luke Carey with a fine uh, point after conversion for the Crusaders. That man is another man with a great leg on him. But then the Crusaders, just they got that stranglehold. What really, sorry, the Minotaur's got the stranglehold on the Crusaders. And the defensive performance from the Minotaurs really was what shone brightest there at the weekend. There was there was even a touchdown called back from a pick six, possibly for a block in the back. I don't know, but you can take that up with the officiating crew. Those interceptions, right? If you you were talking about some of your players, uh, Jason Owens playing on was an MCL injury. The amount of times that man ran by me like a rocket, like I was f- fearful for my life at times. Just, just see him going, whew! The tackles you made, your your D line just was so strong and just like was pushing them back. Yeah, you know, there just there was no sort of weak visual weakness in the defense at the time. One thing that did concern me from the Minotaurs was their clock management.
1: Yeah.
0: Clock management on a game that they're winning, what
1: was it, 34-7? Play clock clock management. Play
0: clock management. I was like, oh, I think you're being a wee bit hard there. (laughs) There were points left on the pitch.
2: I ran out of fingers trying to count how many flags were thrown for a delay of game.
0: Yeah. But you know that quarterback really
1: needs to sort out his huddle then, doesn't he? And then where's my prefer not to speak thing? Hold on. Where is it?
2: <laughs> <laughs> but as well as that, is, is some some interactions with some of the officiating crew that you know, I I believe that Mister Kennahan would like to make a bit of a public announcement
1: about. Oh yeah yeah yeah. So um oh hold on. I'm gonna pause my myself. I want to get his name. Hold on. Ronan Minnock. Ronan. There we go. Ronan Minnock. you said Minnock. Yeah. Double
2: Minuk. N. Yeah. i
1: uh, okay. I'd actually like to formally apologise to one Mr. Ronan Minnock. There, there may have been a, a penalty that uh, I disagreed with. And then that was fine. The disagreement was given to the referee or given to the head official. And that was grand. And uh, we came out then for the next play. There was a miscommunication on my part between me and the same official who called that uh, uh, and and Ronan, sorry, for what I thought was going to be the same penalty. And then a delay of game happened. And uh, I would just like to say to to Mr. Minnick that uh, that was entirely my fault. And uh, just general general sideline interactions with, with... I feel like Ronan got the brunt of it. It's funny that, like, uh, we kind of brought this up uh, before we started recording that I feel like it must be a thing now with referees that like whenever you see, oh, you've been appointed to versus or at Minotaur's and you're like, oh, Jesus, here we go. Like, I feel like uh, <laughs> like we're winning 34-7 and poor Ronan there is still taking the brunt of it on our sideline. <laughs> <lane. laughs>
0: Just like needless. So, yeah, there you go, Ronan. And we've actually started a campaign. On the domestic game, it's buyronanapint.com. So if anybody would like to buy Ronan a pint.
1: I I feel like we should be the first donators there. I'll make sure we... we. (laughs)
0: To apologise to poor Ronan. The upcoming games on June 26th, we have the Rebels at Cowboys, the UL Vikings at Minotaurs, Mavericks at Giants and Jets at Pirates. So a few interesting enough ones there. Namely, for me, the most interesting ones are the Rebels at Cowboys and the Vikings at Mentors. Rebels at Cowboys, you know, I am a big fan of the Cowboys. I like them a lot. You know, I like Scotty B. I think that Lewis Alberto as well has, like, great boundaries. I love how he can come out of a loss and still say, I did my job, and then you check his stats sheet, and he did actually go off for, like, two touchdowns or three touchdowns. To, you know, we're absolute stands of Peter Lochran here on the podcast, and then we've got, like, um some fantastic players for the Cowboys that do both sides of the ball, but I just don't feel that they're... This year in the same league as the Rebels, and I think that this is a pretty soft fixture for the Rebels coming out of that that recent UCD game.
2: I agree with you there, Kelly. Um, if anything, I think this would be a a nice opportunity for the the Rebels to use some of their younger players. Like they have a big enough squad. So far, they've been mostly playing with getting the wins. This could be a nice opportunity to give the the team a bit of a mix of youth and experience they should come away with a win regardless of what that mix is. I I, I can't really see anything else. Like The Rebels, they're going to go and get a win. They're possibly not going to have to put in as much of an effort as they did against UCD to get that win.
1: Part of me wants to hold a bit of hope out for the Cowboys. But, it's just, yeah, I mean, the score with their game against UCD that was at home as well, and they lost 44-8. Again, obviously UCD are a great team, but spoiler alert: so are the Rebels. So, um,
0: absolutely, yeah.
1: And I think after having not played against another team in a month, and that game a month ago was a 30-point loss to the Trojans, I just don't see how the Cowboys can motivate themselves to a win or a good enough performance for a win here yeah. i think maybe the, the last string of hope to a playoff appearance is in there but i don't know if every player holds that and if not every player holds that then the team doesn't hold it so yeah that's, it's only it's only the rebels really isn't it that was like I, a very long way of saying the Rebels.
0: <laughs> yeah, but no, I, I agree with you. And again, I think it's that phenomenon of like game loss resilience. And I feel like the Cowboys just seem to lose a lot of their belief and their drive after that game against UCD. They got that they got beaten. They didn't really seem to, to ever really bounce back, which is a shame. And um, I can't see the Rebels being the fixture that that they do that for, unfortunately. So then moving on to the UL Vikings at Minotaurs, which I think this will be uh, an interesting enough one as well, because this is a a top tier clash, as we said, you have met them once, beaten them once. How, How are you feeling in the Minotaurs camp about that upcoming fixture?
1: Well, unfortunately, our pitch isn't quite as nice as UL's. I think we're looking for decent weather, I think, Sunday. Maybe perhaps. Possibly. I haven't checked. I mean, the game that we played earlier in the month, it was grand until kickoff and then it just came down. <laughs> so yeah. the kind of both offenses were kind of like just, you know, definitely not at their peak performance. I think on a dry day, which is I'm just hoping and praying for it now at this stage. A dry day would provide better conditions for both teams, and I would imagine there'd be more more points on the board, definitely for most anyway. We kind of know what we've seen from the Vikings. The Vikings' defense, we we will say that, or I will say anyway, that they did have a, a good pass rush, but I think in the the weeks that have gone by since then, we we figured out what works and what doesn't, and we figured out a way to uh, to combat that. So, yeah, we're we're play, we're feeling pretty good. I mean, there'll be people saying, well, this game doesn't really matter at the end of the day. Robbie had already alluded to the fact that every team is in the playoffs anyway. And yeah. we already have our home field advantage locked up. Some people will be saying this is a game more for the Vikings than us. But at the end of the day, we've been blagging on about how we should have been in the Premier Division this year. We... Have always, are always and forever will be always very adamant that Jack Lynch did score that two point conversion in the final. <laughs> country. Um, so, country to... so we yeah, yeah. So uh, we feel it very necessary to go undefeated in this season to prove that we are worthy of that promotion. So yep. we 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 want and we feel like we need to go undefeated this year.
0: Cool. So, so... That's your that's your that's standard. Where we're at. Yeah, and that's what you're, you're hoping. So you're obviously going for that win against the Vikings. And then the likes of running back Sean Grace and Owen Rutkins, QB, um, Kieran Gilhool, and then even on the other side of the ball, Robert, Robert Brown, William William Campbell, and the likes of Glenn Carr, who's a well known vet in the Vikings camp, will all be trying to stop the the Minotaur's run. Can they do it? That remains to be seen. Moving on to the Mavericks at Giants. I mean, what can you say? What do you really say about that game? You know, if I'm going to say anything, Brandon Sims is going to go off. Declan Mulhillivill on defence is probably going to go off. Will Rob Caldwell go off?
2: Will Rob Caldwell even get on? That's the question. (laughs) 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 Not will he go off, will he even get on?
0: (laughs) Will he even get on?
1: Rob, we need to see you. I, I want. I want to see you on the statue this week. Yeah. I don't care if. I don't care if it, if it's a pancake block, or if you're in a linebacker. I want to see you. I want to see you pop up here I'm rooting for you. Yeah, like
2: I'll, I'll work something out. Like I know in the last game, I really completely forgot what I was supposed to do at times. But hopefully this game, like it's a long old trek up there to the Causeway Coast. I've stated nine times before, how much I feel geography can have an impact on games. Kelly's talking about Brendan Sims. there. Brendan is currently in either Italy or France. I'm not quite too sure. So we're just hoping that he manages to get back into the country on time and doesn't get stopped.
0: Doesn't
1: get Defo- stopped?
0: Why would he be stopped? Like, what's he doing there? Like, you know what I mean? There is like a definite, like, trafficking type of vibe to that. Like, oh, we hope he doesn't get stopped now. What do you mean? Like, at customs?
2: Is with the Mavericks, you blood in. There's one way out. Let's just hope Brendan gets back into the country.
0: Let's just hope. Such, such, such dodge. So much dodge before we're you know implicated as accomplices in any in any crimes. I mean, is there is there much more to say on that? I think the likes of Ross McKenzie and Francis D'Souza, who we've mentioned already, will have good games. They have consistently good games. Doesn't depend who they're playing, but you know, Mavericks pretty much have that wrapped up. Mavericks are are preparing for a bowl appearance, and and the Giants, unfortunately, are not. Their their bowl hopes are now are now finito. So a lot more to play for for the Mavericks side, and I don't see that really being a a, a hotly contested scrimmage
2: scrimmage unfortunately
0: <laughs> unfortunately not yeah so then jets at pirates look what we what we said for the mavericks at giants we could probably just transfer over to the jets at pirates again i think it's going to be the same old story with mclean for the jets kind of going off in this game pirates you know credit to the pirates like they are doing they're doing what they can it's a tough season it's a tough season for a lot of teams you know higher playing teams have folded this year the pirates are still going so i don't i'm conscious that i don't want to be giving them a hard time i think that a big ask for a lot of teams to come back this year and to come back strong and so um i'm conscious that let's not be bashing our our pirates at the same time i don't i can see that in a fairly easy win for the jets
2: yeah like at this stage of the season i think the lower leagues and by lower leagues i mean like division one and division two have pretty much wrote themselves to conclusion we're going to be seeing the the mavericks and the jets in the the final of division two we're, we're going to be see seeing
0: everyone in the playoffs of division the everyone and...
2: playoffs of division one <laughs>
1: um you get a playoff spot you get a playoff spot everybody gets a playoff spot <laughs> exactly
0: um yeah i agree with you i hate you it.
1: Kinda... i hate it so much
0: I know, I know, especially because you're so competitive. And if that, if that Jack Lynch touchdown had been ruled touchdown, you wouldn't be dealing with any of this, Joe. Can you imagine?
1: Yeah, it's almost as if we should speak to the officiating. <laughs> yeah, I, <know.
0: laughs> I agree with you that um, the script is fairly written. The next weekend, July second, we've covered those games with the Knights at Trojans and UCT at Admirals. And moving on again, then to July third, where we have the Cowboys at Panthers, which I think will be a better fixture than the the Rebels at Cowboys. And we also have the Pirates at Razorbacks. So Cowboys at Panthers could be a good game. Panthers are fighting for playoff spot with that game. That, given the the recent loss to the Trojans, but the Trojans didn't beat the Panthers by more than the head-to-head difference this win this game for the Panthers the Cowboys at Panthers becomes an absolute must win for them for their playoff hopes to remain alive I think they can actually make the playoffs off this game but they're also relying on the Trojans being beaten by the Cork admirals is that right
1: No, no no actually Here's the interesting part now. This is what y'all came for. This is this is why I'm here.
0: <laughs> this is the show.
1: This is the sh- this is the entire show, yeah. Sorry, I need to catch up on what you said. Actually, to be <laughs> Sorry, yeah, you're right. Um yeah. Yeah, sorry, what you said was correct. My bad. It's listen, it's 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 half 12. It's uh, late. It's late. It's, I'm tired. It's, it's late, I'm tired.
0: It's late and I think it's one of those because we were trying to, I think there's a few of us, there was myself, yourself and the AFI Insider yeah, that we're yeah. trying, to, trying to do like roads, a road to playoffs for most teams. But yeah. without knowing the outcome of the Panthers at Trojans, it was too difficult because with that game, not knowing how that goes, there were so many streams and avenues still open mm. for the Panthers. If they beat the Cowboys and if the Trojans lose to the Admirals, They will make the playoffs. However, if the Trojans beat the Admirals, then I believe the Trojans make the playoffs.
1: If the Trojans beat the Admirals, and then um, uh, well, if the Trojans beat the Admirals, but if they they well they have to beat the Knights as well.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, But there's also a, a lovely little scenario. That's what I was trying to interfere with. My stupid brain getting ahead of itself if the trojans lose to the knights but beat the admirals and the admirals also lose to ucd then the head-to-head goes three ways because the panthers (laughs) trojans and admirals would all be four and four Mm. so the panthers are safe with the head-to-head um if it's if they're only tied with the trojans but if they're tied with the admirals Then they're actually in a lot more danger because they lost by 22 points to the admirals. So they would be on like a minus six points difference between those two other teams. So the Trojans, if, oh God, this is so hard to break down when I'm not writing it out. (laughs) The Trojans beat the admirals by more than 10 points, and those three teams finished four and four. Then the Trojans and Admirals would get through not the Panthers. Wow. If the Trojans go if any team goes 5 and 3, they're in. And yeah, it's they're in. And record. Yeah. And if any team goes 3 and 5, I think because the Admirals and Trojans play each other, if any if any team goes 3 and 5, they're out. Yeah. I think there's also still technically a way that the Cowboys can get in. Which is why I have not putting the little three beside their names on the, the reviews so far, there's still a mathematical way for them to get in, which I think is yeah. crazy.
0: Three indicating that they would be omitted from the playoffs, just for context. Yes. Yeah, that's mad. I had thought that the Cowboys were, were out, but there you go. They still have an outside shot of, of making it to playoffs still. So,
1: I mean, I'm not predicting that either. <laughs> I'll say that. What is it? Like no, they, the
0: Cowboys, if the Cowboys but... wanted to win, they'd have to beat the Rebels and beat the Panthers, is it?
1: Yes, and they would then also rely on Trojans losing to the Knights and to the Admirals.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's one of those, the way how the playoff picture has looked, there's a lot of things relying on a lot of other things. I think the with the Trojans and the Panthers, is it that the best they can finish is four and four, and it's just about how they do that, whereas the Admirals at the minute can actually win... By wins, by number of wins. They're the only team that's in the position of winning by number of wins. Is that right?
1: Uh, Well, no, the Trojans can finish five and three if they also, if they beat the Knights and the Admirals.
0: Yes, that's correct.
1: And then they would also get through on points. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, the, the Trojans and the Admirals each can't, Win all oh, games. yes. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's one of those where there's going to be, you know, at least two teams that finish on four and four records and the head to head on those is going to be very important. So, yeah, don't really know what, what more you can say on the playoff picture. It's an exciting one and a lot of things relying on it. I'm just glad that we have some tie-breaking situations because i can remember there was one time years ago where it was total points scored was the tiebreaker and ucd had played i think the panthers back when the panthers had only just rebranded and had beaten them in two games but like 50 points and made it into the into the playoffs even though they they'd uh an actual head-to-head, there was other teams that had beaten them in in that way. So, um, the the bylaws were since changed after that. But anyway, I digress.
1: I'm just glad there's teams competing for playoff spots. <laughs> <laughs> what an idea!
0: Yeah, I don't know. I think the remaining teams in the Premier, they should all get a playoff spot. Let's just all <laughs> give them a spot. I <laughs> well, don't, lads, you've met it this far without getting knocked out, without forfeiting, so you all get a playoff spot, and then the final game, the Pirates at Razorbacks, and again, I think the Razorbacks hopes are now, are they gone, they're gone, I think, no wait, they're not gone, if the Jets lose to the Pirates on the 26th, then the Razorbacks can still make the bowl, as long as they beat the Pirates, but I don't see realistically don't see that happening so it's all but gone for the Razorbacks but still a phenomenal season for them and as far as I'm aware the best season in their club's history so fair play to them
1: yeah and that's what you want to see continuous growth from clubs before we move on uh, if we're moving on I'll just say that if any teams in those July 2nd July 3rd games are playing kind of like a, a night game or a later kickoff just give the afi page or myself a shout just want to do something different graphic wise for july 4th weekend the date that's in it the time of year that's in it tldr just give us a shout if you're kicking off later
0: yeah i think we're moving on and by moving on i think that's the end of the episode <laughs> moving on to the end of the episode the two E have bad a time a bed to get to. i think rob has been all but asleep for the last 20 minutes <laughs> No, with
2: your no, eyes I was wide awake. If anyone I, I, I I'm gonna I'm going like let, let the audience in behind the curtain here. Now I am a big coffee fan. Okay, like I I love coffee. Okay. And I was actually working in Cork on Monday, like morning to Cork. <laughs> I was in the van for eight and a half hours. And when I was in Cork, there was this one specific coffee shop. Is Cafe? So I Z Z space cafe, and
0: it is a cafe. Uh,
2: so it's it's actually it's um it's a coffee shop, and it's run by a Palestinian family, and it's all uh, Palestinian coffee that they bring over and you know made in the t- traditional Arabic way. This was going to be my highlight of like. Cork, and I was so looking forward to getting down there to, to work and then to like have my lunch break and drink coffee. But the coffee shop is closed on a Sunday and a Monday, and I didn't get my coffee. I tell you what, admirals, admirals, if any of you want me to get on board the admiral ship, send me off a wee bag of the coffee.
0: We're just saying that because of the time difference, the coffee would make recording a lot easier. So if anybody out there wants to buy us a coffee... Please do. <laughs> <laughs> we,
1: we really need it. <laughs> we need
0: it.
1: Thank
2: you for joining us on another episode of the Master Game Podcasts. We've been your hosts...
0: Kelly
2: and Not am and I'm not going
1: Peace. 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 Peace.